Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that, what does it do, Susie? It moves you. It makes your skin vibrate. <laughs> That's what it does. Look who's back in the studio. Yes, I am. It's singer, songwriter, and all-around sweetheart, well, Susie Corey. You told me it's due to popular demand, right? It's it's very much due to popular <laughs> demand. Yes, it is. That's why you're back. Who's demand, though? I'm curious. Well, we'll talk about that off there. <laughs> So welcome back. Thanks for Thank coming you. back. I'm yeah. happy to be here. I still don't have a membership with the Spoke Club, but you know. We're working on that. <laughs> and the, what did you want? The pink, uh, you wanted pink headphones too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I don't see them anywhere around They're, either. I'll get those for you later promises, on. Promises, promises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? Uh, I spent the whole morning downtown. That was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I made a day of it since cool. I was coming down here. And um, unfortunately, it's cloudy and cold, of course. Yeah. But that's all right. That's yeah. summer in Toronto. Exactly. Yeah. Well, good to have you back at the Spoke Club. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you have got a fresh new batch of songs here, which are great. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we get into those? In um, terms of uh, anything that, you know, your new record? Well, right now my producer is out on tour, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's not much going, down, going on there. That's probably um, right. Yeah, he's going to be here next week. It, where? Cool. Um, they're doing about five shows in Ontario, I think, in Thunder Bay oh, and cool. uh, Waterloo and Barrie. Yep. It's Sebastian Bach who's on tour with. So, right. Yeah, and I'm probably going to catch the show in Waterloo. Yep. So if anybody wants to hang out, come see me there. It's cool. on the 30th. Cool. Yeah. Very good. He's. I think the standstills are opening up for them, too, Canadian band. Yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've, I've heard them. I love them. I yeah. think they're great. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Very good. Okay. All right, so uh, Kate Bush, tell me about Withering Heights. So Kate Bush, for me, um, you know, in that song in particular, it's a very unique voice. Everybody knows, you know, that she really stood out with that. But when I found out, I kind of researched more and found out she was 19 when she, you know, wrote that. She co-produced, I believe, her album, if I'm not mistaken. Is this from Cloud Bursting? Is that right? I, I totally think so, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, to be that age and so artistically inclined to know what your image is, and, you know, she was very much in control of that. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty incredible. And I, I think the record company, you know, didn't think that this song um, would be a hit. Mm-hmm. And she proved them wrong. And she really pushed for it to, to be the first single, I think, that came out. And, um, yeah, very impressive. Imagine the record company being wrong about something. <laughs> They're never wrong. No, no, of course well, not. Well, you know, I feel the same way. I, I, although I'm not with a record company right now, but even with other people that I work with, if I'm very feel very strongly about something, I think you have to pick your battles. But definitely, when you know inside of you that something is the right thing, mm-hmm. then you know you you have to go with it definitely and sometimes you can kind of hint to things to people and if they don't get the hint that you just gotta do your your own thing you gotta move forward if you're getting the hint what i'm referring to i'm getting the hint right now <laughs> are we hinting about the pink headset or no the photo on facebook <laughs> oh yes yes do you want to talk about can that we talk about it why don't you why don't you talk about that why don't you tell the story about the photo on facebook yes so, yeah, last show, mm-hmm. you decided that putting the Guns N' Roses logo would get a lot of likes. Because Yeah, because you talked about uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was one of my songs last week. Yeah. And although Guns N' Roses are obviously huge, but um, I knew 
that and I felt inside me that putting a photo of me right not to say that I'm better than Guns N' Roses but because the podcast was something we had done right. and to kind of showcase myself as yes. the artist that it would work better with my audience or the audience that also watches your show to yep. see the actual person that you're speaking to right. and we kind of went back and forth on that but then I did my own post and well you saw what happened <laughs> I did see what happened I, I learned something about social media that day right yeah I think I've become somewhat of a social media expert that's to great. some degree I mean I'm continuously learning but you you really learn a lot by studying it and studying your audience and mm -hmm. you know what what do they like and what is it that they want to see yeah so, which picture should we use for this interview? Hmm. Kate Bush or? Susie no, Bush? definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love Kate Bush. Maybe we can get a picture with me and Kate Bush. I wouldn't mind that. Maybe we could do that. Yeah. All right. But she's very reclusive, I think. Where is she now? Do you know? I think she's, I, well, I don't want to give the wrong information here, but I, I think she's in England. But, you know, she had done a show a few years back and it was a big thing because. Like I said, she's very reclusive. She doesn't mm -hmm. really get out much. You don't read a lot about her. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I was always a big fan, even when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I, I loved her. And it's funny, um, when I worked with John Angus McDonald, yep. his brother, Colin, I think had mentioned that he thought I kind of sounded like, really? like Kate Bush. Wow. And I was so honored to hear That's that yeah. and surprised. But I thought, wow, I'll definitely take that compliment. That's wow. great. That's yeah. awesome. Um, somebody else that you sound like, kind of not, but have sung with, mm -hmm. Steven Tyler from yeah. Aerosmith, and Dream On is your next selection. Yes. Uh, Dream On for me is the quintessential song for someone who has a vision and a dream and, you know, has to keep pushing on. And I remember recording my first single right now that's going to be released actually in a few weeks mm -hmm. um, with my producer, Brent, in Los Angeles. And I was first time I heard it he played it for me in his home there when it was completed mm -hmm. and I remember driving off um, in the car you know from the house and the song Dream On came on oh, on the wow. radio and I started crying because I went <laughs> this has always been my song and you know to kind of keep you going and um, here I was hearing it it just came on the radio I'd like to say by coincidence, but I don't mm -hmm. believe in coincidence. Mm -hmm. I think that everything has a purpose and the universe is telling you something. So, yeah, the, it's saying keep going, yeah. you know? Yeah, And um, speaking of Steven Tyler, I mean, for me, I've always said Axel and him are my biggest idols in terms of what a person should be when they're on stage, mm -hmm. you know, as a show person That's and front, a front, yeah. front person. Yep. And uh, I was telling you a story earlier that I was lucky enough to have been in the circumstance where I got to be on stage with Aerosmith in Mexico City. <laughs> My Forrest Gump moment. <laughs> you are you definitely are the Forrest Gump of, of rock and roll, that's for sure. Absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't tell you how or why I end up in these situations, but, but like, I do. So how did this happen then with, with Steven Tyler? Um, I just, I ended up meeting some of his people and him, okay. um, and you know, here in Toronto. Right. And then they said, how would you like to come out and see a show? Yeah. And choose a show date you know with Aerosmith he's gonna be I know wow <laughs> and I thought okay Mexico City sounds interesting let's go there and it was the last date of t the tour right um so I flew out to Mexico City and you know I'm thinking okay I'm gonna get to watch the show and they have a ticket for me or something mm -hmm. and it was so much more than that I mean we got to hang out with Steven Tyler a couple of times and um 
then when we watched the show, my friend and I went together and they gave us passes and we were led up to the stage and we got to watch the show from the side of the stage. Wow. And at one point, Stephen Tyler comes up to me and my friend and puts up the mic and you know he's singing Living on the Edge and I got to sing that. 30,000 <laughs> like people. The line there, Living on the Edge. And yeah. Yeah, that was my moment of... That is incredible. Pure happiness and bliss. No kidding. Yeah, but wow. you know, we were talking about something else where I said to you, um, it would be easy to just say that that's the reason I was there was just to be a fan and watch it as a fan. Mm -hmm. But I remember clearly having this moment where I looked out at the audience and, you know, I don't know the capacity of the stadium there, but I think it was roughly between twenty to 30,000 people anywhere mm -hmm. around that range. And it was, you know, packed house. And I looked out and thought, the real reason I'm here is not to watch Steven Tyler and Aerosmith. It's actually to see what it feels like being on a stage in front of all these people mm -hmm. and understanding that it's completely normal and it would be something that I'm able to do. So that was like a aha moment. <laughs> wow. You know, given your trajectory and what you've told me so far about where, you know, how far you've come in such a short time. Yeah. I, it, I'm very interested in seeing where, where you turn up next. I'm very interested in seeing. <laughs> well, you saw where it turned up next. It was with Poison. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? On, on the internet, I saw that LA Guns is, is in town in July. And yes. they, they don't have an opener yet. <laughs> so. Well, ironically, I had people go, are you the opener? Are you the Local opener? Talent. I mean, I won't say no, but I can't say yes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? You know, You're but so no mysterious. matter what, I will be there for sure. I mean, it's been really cool because I've had a chance to play with them twice once here in Toronto, once mm -hmm. in LA, and I've gotten the to know them. Of all places. I know. Yes. And it was in July last year. So oh. they're going to be here in July. And the irony that the day that we played the whiskey uh, was July 21st, mm -hmm. it was the 30th anniversary of the release of Appetite for Destruction. No way, really, <laughs> Which, wow. you know, L.A. Guns has the Guns N' Roses connection of there. Of course, so. the Tracy Guns, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was, I thought it was pretty cool, hmm. you know, the whole irony of that. Very. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. You're like the queen of serendipity. Well, you know, I was telling you before, I think it's important to look for those kind of signs because there's a lot behind them. And if you look into it, you start to see it more and more, and then you understand the meaning behind things. But you really have to dig deep sometimes and, and see these things and go, hmm, you know, wow. there's a reason why this happened on this day and with these people and why was I there? And it's interesting. Hmm. It really opens up a lot of other doors and makes you think a little. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely yeah. does make you think. And a, a lot of times that helps you with things you're planning on doing mm -hmm. because it shows you that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to change the premises of your show here. I know. Or well, the premise of your show. Maybe we'll do a separate podcast. Yeah, we would talk about the universe and manifestations and, 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 and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, not, I'm typically not a big believer in that stuff. Oh, no. But, you know. I thought we were friends. We, well, I don't want to we be. can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a very curious case because I'm, I'm looking at all this happening and going, hmm. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to turn you into a hippie. You'll see. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm kind of a hippie already. Well, actually, no, that's not true. All you right. probably once were, and you've just buried it behind the corporate kind of thing, right? Yeah, for a long time I did, yeah, certainly. Yeah. In high school, I was, I had a mullet. Does that count? <laughs> Absolutely, okay. yes. Perfect. Your next tune is by Celine Dion, and I'm going to try and pronounce this. <laughs> Le Blues de Businessman. 
Now, you know, every show I've been picking a French song just to hear you say it in I French. I know. <laughs> see, you have a secret agenda. Absolutely. I knew it. It's for my own humor. I just want to humor myself. So <laughs> I choose a French song and I want to hear you say it. No, you know, I, I actually choose French songs because I love a lot of French music. There's mm -hmm. a lot of French artists I love. Um, I, I like to have a Canadian element also included because... you got to you know, have CanCon. Absolutely. Yeah. And Celine Dion, although, you know, she has a reputation um, with a lot of people, but like, oh, Celine Dion and, the, the, you know, this kind of high-pitched singing and so on, um, you have to respect her mm -hmm. so much for what she's done. And behind her, her manager, you know, the late René Angelil, mm -hmm. and we had been talking before and I explained to you, I actually got to meet both of them yeah. on a couple of occasions. Again. Yeah, Is once in Toronto, once in Montreal. <laughs> And I remember handing Renee my cassette yeah. at the time. Oh, you had a little demo cassette. Yeah. Okay. And I said, here, you know, um, I, I want you to listen to this and possibly consider me to manage me as right. well, along with Celine. And it's hilarious because I think I was 19 at the time. Okay. And, you know, the guts to just <laughs> go up yeah, and say, no, you could manage me and Celine. Yeah. That I was putting myself in the ranks of Celine Dion. Yeah, but but you know what? Oftentimes you hear stories of of in in biographies and so forth of people who have achieved what they wanted to achieve, big stars, and they've done the exact same thing. You know? Yeah, you know, I I don't ever think that I'm not good enough to be able to go up to someone and say it. You know, that I need their help or and so on I mean even now I'm planning on shooting a video for the first single mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot you know I know what the concept I want is mm -hmm. and I've looked at a lot of different videos I'm one of the directors I'd like is the guy who's worked with Lana Del Rey yep. and that's not to say that he's necessarily going to work with me but it didn't stop me from contacting the offices I've emailed them I've called a couple of times but that's the kind of persistence you have to have and not think, well, no, you know, I'm only this indie artist here in Toronto, mm -hmm. don't even have a label backing me. Why would I reach out to these people? Yeah. If everyone were to think that way, well, you know, you're not really going to get anything done. It's that whole concept of shoot for the stars. And, it's true. You know, you end up somewhere just under that, which is pretty good still. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I mean, there's a certain way of delivering that and, and there's no, there's nothing wrong with you know, being assertive and, and, and asking for what you want. Yeah, and so when I had the opportunity to meet him, um, I've always respected him as a manager and, you know, the decisions he took and the way he built up Celine Dion's career is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he is a person who's a true case study in a manager of an artist and how, how to get things done. And having met him a couple of times, I actually spoke to him. He's a great person and he was, you know, very soft-spoken. Mm. Uh, but I heard a lot of other things he's also a very tough guy knew what he wanted and knew how to get to the people that he needed to i and, would imagine you know, that rule that's you why yeah. celine is where she is now yeah but back to the song <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the, the song, blues right. the businessman um that's again from a musical i don't know if you remember our last show yeah i i also chose from a musical notre that, dame yeah. de paris this is another musical by luc plamandon the okay. same guy oh and it's star mania which i think came out in 1978 okay when I wasn't even born. <laughs> Not. And, you know, the song, it's a character singing about the idea behind it is, I think, every person's idea, which is this businessman who's very successful, has everything they could want, dines in the finest restaurants, has an office with the most amazing view, mm -hmm. and yet yearns for his artistic side to be able to, you know, 
flourish. whether it's to be an artist or to be a singer and that's what the song really talks about mm-hmm. and so it hits this chord with people and if you understand the lyrics you know how many people do you talk to that say yeah you know i have this job i'm doing good make a lot of money but you see there's they're not happy always and, yeah like every party i went to for 20 years at one point Right. And even though people put on a front sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're happy of their success to show that they're successful. Mm -hmm. But deep down inside, whatever their passion is that they haven't been able to really live out um, will always be somewhere there burning inside and saying, you know, I wish and if only. So that's what this song talks about. And it's it's very powerful. Interesting. And so it's not necessarily um, a Celine Dion song. It was done by uh, Claude Dubois, mm-hmm. who is a Quebec artist. He was the first one to sing it in the musical itself in 1978. Okay. But the first time I heard the song was when Celine Dion did it. I see. Okay. And this is on what what album would this be on? Is there a soundtrack for the musical? Uh, yeah, Star Mania is the name of the musical. Okay. So you can go back to the original and hear the original, or you can hear Celine Dion's version. I can't remember which uh, album she put it on. Mm. What a fan I am, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a Believe fan it or than not, I, I knew all her songs from like when she was thirteen up in all, all of it, French really? and English. Yeah. Wow. I was a huge fan. I mean, hmm. I still am, but not nearly as like I was. But yeah. I really studied her music and loved and loved the French songs. And is she still singing now? She is. I think she's doing her residency in um, Vegas? Vegas. Still, yeah. I yeah. thought that was over. It was over for a period, but I think she's still doing it. I don't know. Don't quote me. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh, Lana Del Rey is next with Ride. I'm a yeah. Lana Del Rey fan. Are you? Yeah. You didn't love, tell me that. Yeah, West Coast. Wow. It's a great song. All of her songs. As a matter of fact, in All My Favorite People Are Broken, we have a conversation about Lana Del Rey's West Coast potentially being a secret love letter to Axl Rose. Well, here's the thing. I was shocked to find out she's a huge Axl Rose fan. Massive. Yeah, and she has a song called Axl Rose Husband. What? Yeah, yeah. On what record? I don't know, What's but I Axl heard Rose about it. Husband? It's a song I she wrote. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, no, that's a joke. And then I looked it up. And I think it's because I came across a photo of her and him. They actually went out one day. Yeah. I yeah, think I it was a one-time too. thing. It wasn't like they weren't dating or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, they met up and, and went out. And there's photos of them. And then under that, there was this title about this song that she had written, Axel Rowe's Husband. So I looked into it and found, oh, she actually has a song. No so, way. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I always kind of imagined and you know, I was kind of, you know, not really completely serious about it, but I imagined that West Coast was kind of a, a nod to him. I wonder, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Which is kinda of odd because I'm such a big fan, yet I don't think I've written him a song. Well, I think you should. Well, I've written him a letter. Did you? And I went and delivered it to his house. <laughs> What? At the same time that you were there? Yeah, this was last year. I had this concept. You know, they were coming to Toronto. Right. I don't know how we keep getting off topic, but that's all right. That's all right. These stories are much more interesting. <laughs> um, so last year, I was in L.A. when I was playing, opening for L.A. Guns. Right. And I had a few days there. And I remember um, finding out that Guns N' Roses were going to be playing here in October. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's it. I want to be the opening act. Okay. I'm going to do whatever it takes to become the opening act. You know, again, being very ambitious. That's shooting. <laughs> I had two shows sure. under my belt, and I wanted yeah. to open yeah. up for Guns N' Roses. <laughs> you really paid your dues. <laughs> yeah. Great. 
<laughs> well, under you know, it, just in Toronto, that's all I wanted, not yeah. to go on tour with them. But um, I thought, okay, well, how am I going to get this done? Because who am I? You know, I can't go out there and try and convince people to make me the opening act. Right. Um, I have to tie my in, myself into something, and I've always believed in doing great work, you know, whether it's with charity or something mm-hmm. where you're helping out people. So, yes, you are trying to do something for yourself, but it's also a non-selfish thing where you're helping out something much bigger than you. Yep. So I teamed up with the charity and had this idea that, you know, it's the um, Dreams Take Flight Foundation. Okay. And what they do is they take kids and make their dream come true for a day, cool. um, taking them to Disneyland. And I thought, okay, I'm going to come up with this concept where uh, if I can make a thousand dreams come true, so mm-hmm. we can take a thousand kids, then I'm going to ask Live Nation or you know whoever the promoter was yeah. to make my one dream come true to open up for <laughs> Guns N' Roses. So I had this whole idea of raising money to make a thousand dreams come true right. to make my one dream come true. Wow. Yeah. And so I went to, I thought, how am I going to get Guns N' Roses on board? Well, I'm going to write a letter to Axel and I'm going to go deliver it to his house. So I went there and uh, he wasn't there. Okay even though they were off tour. So he must have been somewhere in L.A., but someone came and answered the door and, you know, the gates. And I I think it's his assistant's brother or something, Beta's brother. Okay. Yeah. I've met him twice now. (laughs) So I handed him the letter. I said, you're going to give this to Axel, right? And he said, "Uh, yeah, sure. Of course I am. Now, whether (laughs) Axel ever got that letter, I don't know, but, you know. But the idea fell through anyway, so. Oh. And they had no opener. No, it, well, they played a long show, didn't they? Played yes. like three hours. Yeah. Maybe, it, but maybe they were waiting for you to show up. And you well, just... I think they felt like you know, if we can't have her, then we're not going to have anybody <laughs> open. So, <laughs> at least that's how I felt. But you know what? I'm just glad they had nobody because I think it would have hurt to see somebody else opening. No, I'm kidding. You know, I'm. I think uh, Our Lady Peace did so, uh, quite a few dates for them. Our Lady Peas? Yes. With guns? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. That seems like an odd pairing. I'm teaching you a lot here, aren't I? I'm learning quite a lot. You know, whenever (laughs) you come by the show, I always learn quite a lot. Well, that's good. I'm going to have to have you on more often. I was going to say, I think that's why you're calling me in. You're just... (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. I just want to learn more. trying to get all my information for free. Exactly. (laughs) All my knowledge. I'm going to start paying for it soon. No. Is that right? No. We're friends now. That's it. Yay. It's always a freeb for me. (laughs) I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. So... Did we even talk about Ride? No, we didn't. Thank you for bringing me back. See, I'm so good at getting off topic and getting other people off topic. Well, I, I kind of hogged the Lana Del Rey topic with West Coast, but please <laughs> tell me about Ride. Enlighten me. So Ride, for me, I mean, I love so many of her songs, but Ride, what really caught on for me more than the song is mm-hmm. the video. I just, I fell in love with that video. And if you've ever seen it, it's a very kind mm-hmm. of cinematic thing. So she has this very, I think it's almost three minutes long before she gets into the song. I, I can't think of his, I think it's Anthony uh, Mandler who directed the video. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm giving you that information. Okay, so I am sure <laughs> you are correct. Be sure when I tell you. More no, I'm kidding. Um, but he, you know, he directed this video in such a, phenomenal way that it's like a f- short film oh, cool. and I think she wrote the whole you, you see her kind of acting out certain scenes but she's talking telling a story mm-hmm. and she wrote this and you know and the way she speaks and the way she tells that story before they even get into the song that it, it gets you into a point where you are hooked Yeah. and when she gets into the song that just takes you to another level but it's really all about the video for me. That's why I chose that particular song. Because like I was saying, you know, I love all her stuff. Yeah. But that video caught my attention. And 
to the point that now the video that I want to do for my first single, I would like her director to direct me <laughs> and not? do something along those lines, you know, in the way it's shot. Why not, Susie? Yeah, so if he's listening out there, you know. <laughs> He'll reach out. He'll reach out to me. Yeah, I want, a, I want a video. You know, in the beginning of that video, uh, she's swinging on this tire in the desert, and okay. that, that shot is just beautiful. You have huh. to look it up. I'll check it out. She's yeah. got a lot of really great videos. West Coast video is actually quite good, too. It's like a film yeah. noir kind of thing. And it's the whole feel. You know, she's just got this um, energy that with the songs that's very mm. cool and relaxed. And, you know, it's like she's not even trying. She but. has a very uh, distinct charisma about her. That's almost yeah. it's it's distinct because it's it's vaguely unsettling. Yeah. She's not the Katy Perry, you know, type of, of female musician. I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. There's a sense of kind of malevolence to her music, right? She's yeah. very gritty. Right. She, she She's certainly very intriguing, that's for sure. Well, you know, she's all these contradictions. She's yeah, exactly. this beautiful young girl. That's right. And yet she speaks of subjects that are dark and heavy. Yes. And she's like an old soul. That's right. You exactly. Know? So sometimes it's shocking to see someone of her age talking about the things that she talks about. Mm -hmm. And even her voice. It, it's this very, um, you know, classic kind of voice that you would imagine as something from the 50s or 60s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I like her a lot. It's very intriguing. Yeah, and that video as well, going back to that, you know, if you see it, she's riding bikes and, and this whole free idea of freedom mm -hmm. um, and on the open road, and she's with these gritty-looking bikers. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so, again, here's this beautiful young girl with these rough-looking bikers. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's interesting. I like the way she plays around with that. Yeah. But I worry sometimes because I think, I, you know, I've read a lot about her. I think she's had kind of a dark, um, she had alcoholism issues. Uh, really? Even as a young girl. I yeah. And um, so it's, it's, you know, somewhat, although we appreciate the art side, but you wonder there's a little bit of tragedy behind that. And what is the real story? Oh, she certainly um, comes across as a tragic person in my mind. Yeah. Not 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 in a bad way, but um, you know, there's tragedy there for sure. Right. I, that's that's what I get. And yet we thrive on that by seeing. You know, she writes so poetically, mm -hmm. and um, she actually I saw an interview with her where she says, "I'm a poet before a songwriter or a singer," mm. and so she writes a lot, and that's her first kind of focus is is the writing, and so that's why you can tell when you listen to her songs. The lyrics are really, um, she takes care with lyrics. Yeah. And that's one reason I absolutely love her. For me, I know you know people want the kind of hit where it's just kind of catchy. Yeah. But writing something more deep and that really touches people much deeper, you have to be a little bit more poetic and in touch with you know your soul and, and everything else that's deeper absolutely. than just yeah. the superficial. Yeah, there's an organic aspect about yeah. it, to be sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, your last pick here is uh, more Canadian content. It's mm -hmm. Sarah McLaughlin and The Path of Thorns. Yeah, um, I chose that song again because I love her. I mean, I love Sarah McLaughlin in general, but that particular song is how I got introduced to her. And I think it was from her first album, if I'm not mistaken. It was all the way in 1991. Not um, sure. Solace. Okay. And I was like, who is this artist? She's incredible, you know, and, and this angelic voice. Um, and she just has something to her. But then the more I got into her and reading about her life as well, you know, she, I, her parents also were not 
wanting her to get into the music industry. Mm. And I think it was when she turned 19 that she said, no, you know, I'm going to do this. And at that point in my life, I was starting to feel that way. I also, you know, we talked about in the other show, growing up in a strict Middle, East, Middle yeah. Eastern household yeah. where when I told my parents that's what I wanted to do is definitely a no. <laughs> but um, here was another artist that I could watch and what she had done with her career. And I remember that video she's actually naked <laughs> in oh. that video and yet she does it with such class you know there's nothing showing right but um it was very tasteful art and yes. i love that about it too she's a beautiful woman mm -hmm. and just she's always retained that sense of class yep. and character and and carriage yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'm a big fan and, yeah. you know, um, another thing that for me is huge in terms of Sarah is the Lilith Fair that she came up with, right. you know, with a couple of other people and having females. Because I think the idea behind it was that um, you'd never see two females on the same bill, you know, yeah. major bill. And she really thought that was crazy and then came up with, you know, doing your own her own festival. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And it was super successful, too. I was very happy to see that because she started that. And I think, you know, people like Amanda Marshall, I want to say, jumped in. Yeah. Who were some of the other? Uh, the thing um, is, I know Sass and I can't Jordan. think right now. <laughs> yeah. No, there were there were it was it was a great time, actually, for Canadian uh, women musicians. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Sass Jordan, I think, was involved in that. So I it was Paula Cole and those yes. members. Yeah. 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 So they got a whole bunch of other artists, like not just Canadian. I think, you know, there was other artists as well. But the idea that they told her no that it won't work mm -hmm. and I love anyone who number one when you're told you can't do something you do it mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is when it doesn't exist that you create it yes so you know I feel the same way sometimes now too a lot of times when I talk to people about um, what I'm doing in my career and they'll say oh no but that's not you this is the steps are like one two three and I go, you know, it doesn't have to be one, two, three. Mm -hmm. um, there's an exception to every rule, and I'd rather be the exception. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, in even other aspects of my life, I have been the exception. You know, so I'd like to continue that. <laughs> I think you will. <laughs> I hope so. I think you will. I like your style. You know, you've got a lot of gumption. You have a lot of sass and moxie. You know what you want, and you're not afraid to go out there and get it. So good for you. Well, you know, the way I look at it, we have nothing to lose. As right. far as I know, I mean, I do believe in past lives and everything. So I do believe that people go on and the souls in another and you will have another life. But that's getting into another subject. But the point is, the only thing we know for sure is that we have this life. Mm -hmm. And you should do everything you can in it. Agree. You know, what do you have to lose, really? That's right. And people sometimes you know they think well no because i've got this and i've got that and responsibilities and so on and i can't recall if we talked about that before but i mean i'm a mom of two kids as well so yeah mm -hmm. i've got responsibilities and i haven't left my day job and going okay that's it i want to be a rock star yeah. and that's the only thing i'm going to do but there's a way you start to fit it into your life and all i say to people is you know don't make excuses for why you can't do something figure out a way to make it happen because again you're you're here for this life make the most of it if you were given this opportunity, you know, you might as well live and yep. and do the things that you want to be doing. Yeah. No, good for you. And I will tell you, I didn't tell you this before, but I got a lot of notes from women. Um, actually, one of them was on Twitter uh, that said that she was inspired wow. um, by you. 
So um, I love that. I, I think that's fantastic too. Yeah, a lot of great feedback. Well, you know, that's why I talk sometimes a lot about that. The fact that uh, you know people think uh, people who see my Facebook and Instagram and so on, I don't put a lot of personal stuff, mm-hmm. so they won't see the family side of it. I don't put my kids. I think I put maybe a couple of pictures here and there, but rarely. And I don't talk about it because you know I'm trying to create the image of the the singer and the performer and so on. <laughs> Um, but when I speak of my career and, you know, trying to make this happen, I do talk about my kids and being a mom and having a full-time job because mm-hmm. it's important that people realize, oh, you can do this and that. Because for most people, it's like, well, no, it's either or. You know, you either went and followed the path of what you were dreaming of yeah. and you're going to suffer and not make a lot of money and so on. Or you play the game and do the corporate thing and, you know, have your nice house and so on. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, you can, you can have both. You just you have to be smart about you it. You certainly can. You certainly can. There's no question. Well, good for you. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming by. It's always fun to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. When are you coming back? As soon as you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Susie Corey. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen. Thank you very much for listening. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.